You're listening to the Soul Ties Podcast with Kenyon and Takara Martin, counselors, authors of the Soul Ties Detox, and founders of the Soul Ties Healthy Love Club. We bring awareness to toxic relationships, promote self-love for singles, and support strong, healthy relationships for couples. Here on the Soul Ties Podcast, we answer your questions. So join us weekly on Facebook Live, where we look forward to interacting with you live and on air. Do you have a burning question to send us? Then go to relationshipgoals.tv. That's relationshipgoals.tv. Now, let's get into today's episode. You want to read the first question? I'll go ahead and huh. read the first question. Okay, from give me here. one second here. So these are the questions that came first. We're answering the questions from the Healthy Love Club. Then we'll turn into you guys, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So the very first question that we got, woo-wee, how soon is too soon to discuss the long-term and short-term relationship goals of the person you are dating? How soon is too soon to discuss the long-term and short-term relationship goals with the person that you're dating? Do you want to start or you want me to go ahead and go in? Um, so I'll, okay, so I'll go ahead and start. I feel like you feel like as a woman, because I feel like as women, men can discuss this as soon as they get ready to. Okay. And it's fine. Whereas women, we always have to be cautious about when we do it. I think there is never going to be a too soon. However, I do believe that there is a way that you ask the question and discuss these things. And I think then once you ask the question, you still can't take, I mean, you have to take it at face value. Right. And so if I meet someone and first of all, I am, I I was into online dating. I liked online dating because it was low commitment. (laughs) (laughs) it was look i didn't have to leave my house to see you introvert hey and i didn't have to spend an extended amount of time with you um if i found that in those initial conversations that it wasn't going to be worth my time and one of the things that i always look for on their profile they always said they were looking for marriage but guess what just because they said they were looking for a long-term relationship or marriage didn't mean that they were looking to marry me Exactly. And it didn't mean that they were being honest. They, a lot of people know that that's a carrot. So I look immediately to find out what their intentions are, mm-hmm. or I did look to find out what their intentions are did. early on. Hopefully you're not still looking. I am not still looking. <laughs> no, no. But then I created a plan for myself, like, and I had to control myself to make sure I was able to sit back and watch Absolutely. what came next. Okay, Absolutely. Go. So here's the thing. Here's how I see it. And here's how we train. Here's how we will train. It's never too soon. The reason why it feels like it's too soon is because number one, the way that we date, we date with our feelings up front. We date looking for what feels good. We date looking for what seems good. We're looking to be wooed. Yes. We're looking to be flattered. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later. Mm -hmm. But the problem is, is that as we go in and as we're being sucked into that particular relationship, Mm -hmm. um, we don't want to upset the apple cart. It's hard to say no. And we don't want to be rejected. And it's hard to reject someone else. Right. So that's that's the bigger issue (laughs) is is the whole idea of, of rejection. 
The second thing is, is that we just don't know how to do that. We don't know how to have conversations. We don't know how to communicate. Again, we communicate with, ooh, that feels good. Ah, that sounds good. And we always, we gather information, but through the kind of communication that is late night, slow jams playing in the back, under your covers, to the phone. I don't know. I don't know how y'all do it nowadays, but the idea is You're so old. <laughs> I know, right? Just <laughs> all day. All, hey, listen, my phone was plugged into the wall back in the day, so I, that's where I started. Oh man. But the I, the idea is that you're spending a lot of time with each other, but it's not it's not necessarily it's it, it's attracting time. Right. You see what I'm saying and we're gaining attraction. So through these conversations, once you learn how to conversate, once you learn how to talk, and it's not because of we're in the social media era, it's because we just don't actually do it. No one has taught us how to assess someone. No one has taught us how to date. No one has taught us how to talk when we're going into that situation. Yes, ma'am. I know you said it's not because we're in the social media era, but I actually, I, I kind of want to just a tab. I don't want to combat it because I would never. Well, dis- no, 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 no. I would never disagree I- with you publicly. <laughs> I would never do that. What I'm, what I will say is. That adds to it. It does yes. add to the level of complication that we tend to have That's with very communication. True. Very true. In the era of social media, we not only have to learn how to communicate verbally and socially and read emotional intelligence cues, we also then have to figure out if if they like my picture, what does that mean? If they like my, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And so it, it, you know, where words are, are now abbreviated, WYD is what you're doing. It's, it's, there's no more, hello, how are you? It's, you know, all of that. There's a level of communication that is lacking in this generation. And I think um, as, as, oh God, I'm going to call myself older. But as someone who has is a little bit more old school and a little bit more traditional on how I like to be communicated with, we are now classified as difficult because we do, even though we're okay with social media, we're okay with text messaging, I also want to know that you can carry on a good conversation. Absolutely. I want to know that you know how to show me that you are into me beyond liking my pictures. And that's where the communication gets missed is because while I'm also trying to find out more about you, I also have to kind of sort of, for lack of better words, train you how to communicate with me because everywhere else it makes it so easy it makes you feel like it's easy to get to me and that's not the case and i i mean that's 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 actually on point um training them or watching them i think and and because so many people social media and you you're so right because social media teaches us uh anonymity mm-hmm. and narcissism yes and so W-Y-D, what you're doing is really meaning when can I get to where I want to go with yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. That's what it really means. And so we have to uh, we have to slice through that. And unfortunately, for those who are out there today, you're absolutely right that you have to not only train them, but you got to slice through all that to get to the real them. Yeah. So that's, that's really good. That's really yeah. good. I can appreciate that. What I would say is learn how to ask questions. What I've learned is, yes. Before you go on um, asking questions, because Renika said something, she was like, see that part, she's done training. Exactly. And I, and, and I think while I'm not going to train you how to be a man, 
I'm not going to train you how to love. I'm not going to train you how to communicate. What I will say is that we all have a responsibility of being able to communicate our needs to show somebody what we need to be loved, to be communicated with. Well, here's the thing. And, and I get what Renika say, saying. Here's the idea. When you're dating, and this is the reason why we're doing the training. Yes. Is because the idea is to see what they're capable of first before we begin to teach them us, which is second. Right. You see what I'm saying? Right. See what they're willing to do. See what they're capable of. See if they're inept or yes. see if they're just full of hot air before right. we begin to start to teach them the things that we have inside us that we really want to Absolutely. Um, connect with. Okay. So now, again, now we get to the place where you learn to ask questions. Well, here's what I mean by that. And this is conversation one-on-one, -on -one, basically. The person who does the most talking is not the person who controls the conversation. It's the person who asks the most questions. Mm -hmm. Most people's favorite topic, most people, 98.9% .9 people's favorite topic is themselves. And so what happens is when you begin to, when you learn how to ask better questions and you learn how to allow them to talk and speak, when you allow them to open up, they will tell you everything you want to know everything. sometime without you even asking. Um, I've had hour and a half long conversations, not in counseling, right. um, <laughs> but when I was out there dating or whatever, and all I did was ask an opening question and I punctuated with, uh-huh, okay, all right, just to make sure that they understood that I was listening. I was listening and I was intentional because the idea is I'm going to let you pour, put everything on the table. Mm -hmm. And what happens is, is that by listening to them, listening to what they say, listening to how they say it, you're able to feel your way around those type questions, especially when it comes to long-term, short-term relationship. Now, for questions regarding that, let me give you a few of them that I would say. Um, the first one is you're in your conversation, you're in your low key, you got the mood music going or you got some lights going on, you got the lights dim and you just simply say, so, um, you know, I know what I'm looking for. I know, I know what I like in a person. What are you looking for? Now, that's not a definitive, that's not a definitive uh, length of, of kind of relationship question. Right. But what that does is it opens the door. Oh, well, baby, I'm looking for you. I'm looking for somebody who finds somebody who I spend some time with. Well, how much time do you want to spend with me? What kind of time you want to spend? What you want to do? Okay, how far, where, where does this go? I'm, I'm interested in this. Where does that go? Ooh. You continue to move them forward. You see what I'm saying? Go ahead. Yeah, and you let, you know, what kind of time you're trying to spend with me also can lead to, okay, tell me what do you like to do for fun? What kind of things do you like to do when you're with the lady? What kind of things do you like to do when you're dating? Um, those kind of questions will tell you a whole lot about where their head is, Um literally and figuratively where it is and what they're looking for you know what i mean what they're thinking about what's on their mind pertaining you absolutely absolutely second question what's let me ask you a question you know we're, we're friends right at least i hope we're friends now because i'm digging you uh. listen what's the best outcome in your eyes for this friendship what what, what could what, what could be better you know just us being great friends you know where you want to go with that again 
what that does, that opens the door. And this is for those, now there are some people who are a little bit more direct and that's fine. The problem you'll find with the direct approach is that you can scare people away if you say, hey, what you want from me? What's your intention? That's da that's, that's daddy's I'm problem. sick of playing That's daddy's games. part. Like, <laughs> that's I'm, what dad does. Right. Hey, listen, what's your intention with my daughter? Right. What, what, what do you want? Okay. But I understand, especially when you're out there and you're kind of sick of the games. Another one is, is what difference could our friendship make to you? Again, another opener question. This is one of my favorite questions. Now, what Takara taught me, now she never had to ask me this only because I was already looking like this when we began the, moving forward. She never had to ask me this, but this is something that she said she asked in the past. Um, oh, no, oh, no, 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 this is a different one. This is a different one. Okay, I, I apologize. That's later. Okay, never mind. <laughs> like. That's for the next question. No, this one is the one that I've done in the past. Um, and what I'm doing, what I've done is, I, you know, talking to someone and I'd simply say, you know what? I see myself when I'm think when I think about futures, I see myself as a husband. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just feel like I'm just built for husbandry. I just feel like I'm built like a husband. Listen, let me ask you a question. Do you ever see yourself as a wife? Mm -hmm. You could do the same thing as a woman. Hey, you know what? I just see myself as a wife. I'm not saying I'm trying to be your wife or nothing like that. I just, it's, it's something about that position in my life that I just feel it. Have you ever seen yourself as a husband? I mean, you know, just the feeling. And that begins to open up the conversation. Go ahead, babe. <laughs> I'm going to say this because Kenyon, my husband, is such a man that believes in the good of all mankind and all humanity. And he has to realize that not all men are like him and not all men are wonderful <laughs> and not all men. Some will lie. Not all men, but not, but not even lie, but not all of them, even if they want to be a husband, not all of them will be like, oh, well, that's endearing. She wants to be a husband. Like what King had said to me, listen, I've always been a husband. I don't know how to not be a husband. I was like, yes, jackpot, bing, boom, pow, like it, that was it. Whereas I think as a woman, when you say that to a man, you're going to notice very quickly where he stands. Oh, absolutely. However, absolutely. if he seems to be a little timid, I think there's a difference between being a tad bit taken aback, like, okay, well, what do you mean? Like, you know, and, and versus someone who degrades you and makes you feel bad for saying that as well. And so that's where you have to pay attention. Even if he's a little bit timid, it doesn't mean that he is not looking for marriage. He's just, hey, perhaps he's never met a woman like you who's strong in her stance and strong in her approach. And that's okay. What follows that is what you pay attention to. Absolutely. How he responds to you, how he treats you, um, all of that stuff after that. But you should never be afraid to let him know that. But you should also just be aware that, again, nowadays, you got women that would rather flash their thigh on an Instagram picture than actually let a man know where their heart is. Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, when this is not just answer driven and all these questions don't come in one conversation okay very you, true it's over there is it's over a period of time that's what the dating process is all about over a period of time you assess someone to see in their words and their behavior if they match and if they could be potentially where you want to be and I, I see that you um dotted a question i did i did do you want to hit that real quick or do you no, want to go to the next one no we can wait we can wait um and and i think it, it's important to note that like there are stages to every step of the dating process and so 
And that's the thing. It's like if somebody, if you go to somebody like you interviewing them for a job, um, it might be a little bit difficult to walk away from that with a successful relationship. But there is a process. There is. A, there is. It a- is. You have to be unafraid to say no. You have to be unafraid of rejection. The whole idea of dating is not for the goal of dating. It's not for the goal of getting a date. It's not. That's not the goal. The whole idea of dating is for whatever goal and intent that you have in mind. Um, uh, with someone else you, you, does that make sense yeah absolutely okay. absolutely but i was just gonna say that like as we're talking about this these are the things in february in the healthy love club that we are teaching you step by step absolutely we're, we're answering questions quickly here but in the soul ties uh healthy love club this is what we're doing this month we're doing the hard work so the next time you begin to date you'll be able to do it the right way absolutely question number two we got to catch up to this Question number two is sort of like number one. How soon in the dating process should the topic of previous marital status, kids, and future relationship goals be discussed? Now? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> now, I've, I've, hey, there's some ladies, ladies out there who will rattle that off. Like, hey, look, I need to know whether you're married. I need to know your criminal background. I need to know whether you got a job. I need. They will pull out an interview and just throw it at you and just, listen, I need, this is what I need to know. And <laughs> I mean, I'll actually, I actually I mean, saw is there it a problem with it. <laughs> it's, it, I mean, listen, it's never too soon. It's never too soon, but there are some who do it in a very direct way. And I, I don't think there's a problem with that at all, but I don't think there's a problem. Again, there is, there's always a how because yeah. I have a strong personality. I think I could easily come off as like, okay, I need to know everything right away. But my take on it is, um, I like to know early on as soon as possible for a couple of things. And again, y'all, I'm a nerd. I was a nerd about dating. I, I have to say past tense because I found my husband. I found my one true love. Um, oh, gosh. But, but when I was dating, I, I had questions and I was very methodical about why these questions meant something to me. Mm-hmm. If I, you know, I needed to date a man that was over a certain age, and I'm sorry, my allergies, y'all. I needed to date a man that was over a certain age and I needed to date a man that had been married before and I wanted to date a man that had children already let me help you understand why all of those things are important to me if you're over a certain age again it was all about maturity and stability i needed to know certain things about where you were and who you were in life period the age was very important to me um whether or not you have been married before understand that if you're over the age that i preferred and you had never been married before that tells me number one that you do not know how to share yet like what is it that has you like you're set in your ways at that age and i feel like you do not know how to share if you've never shared a life a bed a bathroom with someone that was very important to me is it true for everybody not necessarily but it told me a lot about why it took you that long that many years to get married very important do you have children the reason why children were very important to me very early on is number one obviously i had children i am a single mother i've been this way for a very long time I need to know that you having children understood that you cannot just call me and be like, can I come over? You cannot just call me and be like, what you doing? Let's go out tonight. You cannot just call me and just expect me to drop everything for you. I have a family. I have children that I take care of. So I needed to know, number one, that you could respect those boundaries. But then also I needed to know that you um, were able to receive all of my stretch marks that came along with this too. 
<laughs> a man who has never watched his woman go through being pregnant and bearing his children cannot appreciate what these stretch marks mean to me and what they should mean to you as a man. So I needed to know that you had children and you understood that. And then I'll stop there. But I, again, early on, again, this is why I preferred online dating because I could just look at your profile and see. So what we're going to do is we're going to do another show on online dating. It'll be the show um, maybe after this or, or a little bit after this. But we'll maybe next week or the following, we will do one on online dating because you've got a lot to share. I know. I do. Um, so here's what I would say. Um, it's, it's all about, again, it's not too soon. It's all about asking questions. I'll give you a few questions. Um, some a few good questions where you can actually go into a conversation, an intimate conversation or a fun conversation and really get some information from them. Um, one is, um, this is something fun that I like to ask. Let me ask you a question. What good thing would your ex say about you? Now, you don't know whether the ex is a wife, you don't know, or a husband, you don't know whether the ex is, a, uh, is just a date, but you ask that question. And then you follow up like, man, did they really know you that well? Was Were you married? Yeah, yeah. You see what I'm saying? You, there are ways where you can actually introduce the concept of what is your past into a relationship. Again, is learning how to conversate, is learning how to question. Again, now at this stage of the game, and it depends on how long you've been dating as well, but at this stage of the game, you can always go straight in. Hey, listen, you got, and I don't see that there is any problem with asking someone straight out, hey, listen, have you been married? Have, was the, where's the divorce papers? I, I need to know what, what's happening. <laughs> I need to know what's going and on. And let me tell you, oh. See. Not, not, not I'm going to, not I'm fitting to, not I'm planning, not the sob story of, oh, my life has just been in shambles, and you know what, I've just not have felt a sense of love and so long and I just really need a warm a warm hug and a warmer meal. No. No, 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 no. What's the what's what comes with you? You see what I'm saying? Yes. And here's why this is also important very early on ladies. The divorce thing. If divorce and if you're single couple things. Number 1, if you're not married but you're recently out of a relationship, Find out if they still living together. For some reason, this has become a thing where they still living with their quote unquote ex and we supposed to be okay with it. Um, and, and that's one of the things that's like, that's why it's important early on because whether it's, you're still living with that person or, or whether you're just not really separated from them, you need to know the other one is also divorce. Yeah, not separated, not working on it, none of that. You need to know if they're divorced early on because for the simple fact of sparing your emotions, I needed to know that you were free to love me, to be with me, to chill with me, to hang out with me without looking over your shoulder about what's coming or without me having to look over my shoulder about what's to come. I need to know early on if these things are in place. Absolutely. Is she crazy? Is Right. Is she, <laughs> what's All going on? Who Who is that? Also, uh, this is the question I wanted to get to uh, earlier on. This is the question. This is Takara's question. Do you want to ask it? I want to ask. Yeah, I'll okay. ask my question. Okay. So the question that I always um, used to ask, and Kenyon and I are, are, again, are anomaly because I already knew this. But I would always ask, okay, so where do you see yourself in five years? This is, and I always do it like as a fun question. You know, this is that kind of question you ask when y'all are taking a walk, when you're over, out for dinner, not over, out for dinner um, and things like that. Where do you see yourself in five years? Really? Oh, so, oh, so you plan on owning a business? Oh my God, that is so awesome. 
are you working towards it right now? Like, is exactly. that is that something that you're working towards? That exactly. is super exciting. Oh my! And so you don't make it sound like it's an interview question as much as you genuinely want to be interested in where they are in their life, but then also where they're going. Because ladies, I know some of y'all are in here. Raise your hand if you've fallen into the trap of, yes, I'm, I can see where you're going and you sound so ambitious. So I'm going to help you and pour into you so you can see your vision be fulfilled. I've been there. Um, uh, yeah, no, didn't work out that way. And so I want to know that you have vision and I want to know that you have drive to get there. And I want to know that you are, I have a plan that you are working to get there. If he does not have a plan or if he's not working on getting there, it does not mean that they are not headed in that direction. What it means is you have some more observing to do. Because if he can't carry himself to his own vision, he certainly can't carry you and your family on his back. Amen. Amen. And again, just to reiterate, um, Takara never had to ask me that particular question because what was demonstrated already showed her that 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 my trajectory of where I was going, she already knew. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So it's not just that. It's, here's the thing. We, the idea is not to grab a date. It's not to have just to have somebody. Right. It's to take somebody through a process so that you can understand who you have in your presence before you begin to invest too much into them and you begin to get connected to them. Right. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So the idea is that you ask these questions and you begin to watch. You get verbal answers and you get dem demonstrated answers you get actions you get behavior and you take all that in and you process it one of the things i'll say right now before we go to the um to the third question is that you have to get to a place where you're not only willing to be honest with them because all of us want to be honest hey listen i'm not for no foolishness you know where i've been blah 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 but the idea is are you willing to be honest with yourself because no matter how attractive they are to you are you willing to say no? Right. I don't want this at my table. It looks delicious, but there's something spoiled under there. Mm. Are you willing to push away from the table and just not eat for a little bit more? Listen, fasting and praying, these kind go out <laughs> by <laughs> fasting and you will get rid of some demons <laughs> by fasting and praying. So can you push away from the, I'm sorry, that's not, that's not with my hold, thing. <laughs> really, really, really. Are you ready for question number three? I am ready for question number three. Do you three. want to read that, babe? I got to unlock this real quick. Um, so I'm going to read, <laughs> read question number three. I have only been someone's wife. How do I go into the dating process clear minded and not assuming that everybody I encounter wants to marry me? Such a good question. Okay. Okay. Such a good question. Um, I think it's hard because. Oh, shoot. You okay? Mm -hmm. I think it's hard because when we've come out of a marriage, um, it is very easy for women and men to, number one, not 100% heal after coming out of that, not really rediscovering who they are outside of that, and then not rushing to try to replace what you had in that marriage with someone new. Absolutely. Um, whether it's a marriage or a long-term relationship where it perpetrated a marriage, to be honest with you. Um, for me, I can honestly say before 
I got to this place that I am right now, I began, of course, trying to find things that I liked about exes and new people. Got you. And I know you're going to go into this. Oh, sure, sure, sure. um, But it was it is very much true. Yes, this is why we end up with the same person over and over again. There's a reason why we were attracted to certain characteristics, period. When I finally healed, when I finally came out of that and really learned who I was outside of that, it didn't necessarily become, okay, what is it about my ex that I like that I can look for in them? It then became a qualifying versus disqualifying thing. Absolutely. What was it that qualified someone to be with me, to date me, to get to know me? What was it that disqualified them? And I did use my exes as barometers. What sort of things did they bring that I liked? What did they bring that I didn't like? And begin to use that um, going forward. Okay. So that's how you start. Make sure you're healed. Make sure you are in a newfound you place and then begin to go into dating with a renewed sense of, of yourself. Absolutely. I can't add anything better to that. Um, understand that you're just you're you're weaker coming out of a relationship. And as long as you're looking for comfort, you will find it in the same kind of person. That's basically yeah. what you said. So make sure that you're healed. Use your past as lessons, but don't use your past as guidance. Does that make sense? Perfect direction? sense. Okay, so let's go to question number four here. What is this question? One moment here. I found it. All right. And so it's kind of a two-pronged question. I'll go ahead and read that. You read that, baby. <laughs> and let's see what happens. <laughs> Why does it seem so hard to find a quote-unquote good man that speaks my love language when a toxic man spoke them so very well? or love languages. Is it wrong to think that the right one will just understand me easily and the connection will be instantly amazing or is that not wise? Mm. Have you ever been listening to us, Takara and Kenyon, and wondered what if they could be my personal coaches? Okay, what if we could be your personal coaches through some of the toughest issues of your relationship or singleness? What if we told you that we are prepared to go anywhere you are? And not only that, but a community of those just like you will be there too. We've got something special for you. Our goal to guide you and thousands of others from heartbreak to wholeness has just gotten upgrade. We recently opened the doors to the Soul Ties Healthy Love Club. This is our private community designed specifically for you so that you can grow in the healthy love that you were designed for. And our dynamic healthy love roadmap houses a rapidly growing library of guidance made for wherever you are in your relationship journey. Are you interested in joining? Visit thehealthyloveclub.com. That's thehealthyloveclub, all one word, dot com. Visit today to get started. The reason why uh, someone who is toxic can speak your love language better than a good man is because that's what you're looking for. Now, let me qualify mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Our love languages define um, our, our, our places of affection, our places of intimacy. Yes. They define what we like. And if we lead with what we like, we're always going to see what we like. 
toxic people and people who mean you harm or people who don't know how to really hold a, a good relationship or people who are clumsy with your heart, they will always lead with understanding how to get to you. They will always lead with understanding how to find your affection yes. because as long as you are focused on you and how you feel, you will never see them. So that's why you're always out there finding finding someone that that feels me, that gets me, that that touches those spots, if you will, mm-hmm. um, because they're they've designed their game plan in order to do that. Right. Because they have their intent and you have your intent. The problem is, is that you'll never get to your intent as long as you're focused on how you feel. Yes. Those love languages can leave us vulnerable. They can leave. They 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 um leave, leave us to people who will exploit them in order to have us. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And we have that training. We still have that training, right? Yes. On the on the love languages, we still have that training. Yes. And and the healthy love club. But the idea is this: um, what you want to do is you don't want to lead with that. It's great to know you. A good man will choose to learn you. It shouldn't be so easy to get to you. Right. A good man will learn all about you, not just what makes you feel good, not just where your spot is, not just what makes you feel like you can open up an affection to him, but he will learn you. Now, the second thing, the second part of the uh, question is, is it wrong to think that the right one would just understand me easily? It would be wrong to think that the right one will understand you easily. They could or they couldn't. Everybody is different. Everybody. I think Takara and I, when we go through the love languages, I think we both have the same. Uh, I think my secondary is your first. Yes. And uh, and then my first is your secondary. I yeah, think literally. So they kind of flipped around. But that means that we're fluent enough in each other to know when 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 each when we need each other. Uh, I know when she needs me. I know what she needs when she needs me. And she knows the same thing. If something, if I'm down and out or whatever the case may be, she loves me like I want to be loved. Yes, you want to be loved in a particular way. I get it. But guess what? That's the reason why the book exists. That's the reason why it's there because so people can learn how to love you the way you want to be loved. I think to lead with I want to be loved this way rather than I want this standard or in this character will lead you down the wrong road or a long road of valleys and peaks of feelings and emotions and then being abandoned because they got what they wanted out of you. Yeah, basically. And in the club, again, we walk you through all of the different love languages um, in there. And one of the things that, that Kenyon always says is in order to guard it, yeah, you do not lead with it. Your love language is your access. It is your gateway to all things intimate about you, whatever it is. When you get it, put it out there that this is my love language, you're telling a predator, um, even if they're not a good person, you're telling a good per- a good man and a predator how they can access the most intimate places of you. And that's what you want to learn how to protect. And so while it would be nice that everybody spoke our love language as soon as we met them and we knew, it also takes this the the process out of dating them and learning them the right way. It removes all of that necessity to, to have to really get to know someone for who they truly are and for them to be able to get to know us for who we truly are. So toxic people... I don't think they go to a toxic uh, boyfriend, girlfriend school to learn how to speak your love language. 
these people are master manipulators. And the very first way they learn to manipulate you is to find out very quickly what makes you tick. And God, I heard Mel B. Today. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mel, I was listening to an interview on her today um, coming out of a toxic relationship. And she was like, listen, we don't go out looking for toxic people. They find us. And you know how they find us? Because we're vulnerable and we're open. And so your job is to yeah. not look for the right man to speak your love language. Your job is to find inside of you what keeps you open and vulnerable to the wrong people and learn how to guard and protect that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Erica says she didn't. She still don't understand love language. There's a book by Gary Chapman, Dr. Gary Chapman, about the five love languages. All it is, is is, is a simple way. We are all human. We are all dynamic. We're more. There's more to us than these five things. But there are five ways in which we receive love or understand love. And so in one of these five ways, we we actually receive and it lights us up. It lets us know that that person loves us. And so if we and vice versa to the person whom we love. And if we understand how that person mm -hmm. receives love, it's like the golden rule turned platinum. Instead of, <laughs> instead of do unto others as you would have them do unto you, is do unto others, love unto others as they want to be loved. And sometimes you don't understand that kind of love because you don't love that way or that's not how you receive love. Prime example, um, let's say uh, gifts. Perhaps they like gifts, not big gifts, not expensive gifts, right. but they like to know that you're thinking about they are the real thought that counts type person. Well, if you're a quality time person, you're trying to give them all your presents and they're not getting any presents. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And so they're not really feeling you and, and you're not really getting you're not really feeling connected to them. That's 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 a quick and dirty way of how I explain it. But uh, we'll have more on that a little bit later. All right. All right. Are we on the last question? Because I know we, we want to hand, handle Nancy. Nancy, if you're still there, we're going to get you. Yeah, Nancy, if you're still here, raise your hand. Let us know. Um, we'll try to get to your question. Um, and then the last question is. That's a lot. Yeah. Ay, ay, ay. What is the best approach for letting a man who you genuinely care about and want to love, but who you suspect has a drinking problem? I don't know if he knows has a drinking problem. What's the best way to let him know that you as a code as codependent herself do not have the time to waste in a relationship that might be toxic to both? No, I rewrote it a little bit when I on, on the show, but um, hopefully people. So get it. basically paraphrasing, she's dating someone she genuinely wants to love this person, but she just suspects he might have a drinking problem. She wants to let him know that she herself is a codependent person and she doesn't have time to waste on this relationship if they both become toxic to one another. Yes. Right. Okay. Yes. You want me to hit that too? I, I definitely. <laughs> so here. Uh huh. So I'll start because I know yes, I know go. I know where you're going. I'll go. start. I'll start here. Yes, ma'am. Um. You know. I'm like. <laughs> I'm like CSI encoder. Um, let me tell you, the very first thing you say, you genuinely want to love him. That's the very first thing that sticks out to me is because when we see something that we want, absent discipline, we go after it at all costs. Without discipline, we go after what we want and we throw caution to the wind. And so if we genuinely want to love that person, we will go through hell and high water to make that happen. Um, despite 
what then it follows up with. I genuinely want to love him, but I'm afraid he might be an alcoholic. I myself am a codependent and I don't have time to waste. So you led with what you want. And if you mm. continue to lead with what you want, all of the other red flags and toxic signs are going to be mute and going to be void because of what you want. Here's what I will say. You don't want a toxic relationship. You don't want to allow your codependent habits to be triggered by someone who also has codependent habits. If you are not dating someone for a very long time, what I would suggest is lead with the fact inside of your core being that you do not want a toxic relationship and you do not want your codependent habits to be triggered and you watch their behavior. If you don't want a toxic relationship and you don't want to be with somebody who makes you more codependent, if they are showing signs of alcoholism, if they're showing signs of anything that you know will lead to destruction down the line, what you want versus what you don't want, one has to outweigh the other. And you start there. If you're watching it, there's no need for a conversation. If it's if it becomes something where it's like, okay, wow, okay, so we're, we're okay, it's Tuesday and you gotta work tomorrow, but you, whole bottle of vodka, huh? Okay, well, amen. Okay, and then it's, it's Thursday night and now y'all going out for drinks doing shots. Like you watch this behavior and you make the decision before it gets too deep. But if you are going based on what you want and you want to love them, you're headed for a path of destruction. So how do you approach them? Here's the thing, and Takara has laid a lot out, and, and, and I want you to understand it because what's happening is, is that you want them. Mm -hmm. And you see the good in them. And it's always good for a to see the good in them. This is a woman speaking of a man. So we know that nurturers always see the opportunity for yes. see the best in someone. And they have the idea that they they could nurture that out if only I had the right access or right approach to it. So let me pre preface it with this. At this moment, with this conflict, with any conflict going on with anybody's uh, relationship, Every conflict gives you the opportunity to set a precedence. Mm -hmm. You're setting two precedences. It's a precedence that creates the atmosphere for the relationship and is a precedence that creates the direction for you. The precedence is on honesty. Yes. If you set up honesty, if, if you start with honesty, then you have just set a precedent that not only will I be honest with you, but I want honesty for me from you okay that's number one but number two is, is that now that you're being honest with them you're going to have to be honest with yourself mm -hmm. meaning that whenever you say whatever you say whatever the response is you have to look at that response for what it is not for what you hope it is mm -hmm. and then and then you move on from there that makes sense yes okay so you just approach them i would not because of someone who you are attracted to is because of someone who you actually want to be in a relationship with you don't start out with anyone is going to be defensive when you start out with what's wrong with them anyone i don't care how loving they are there there's going to be something that clicks in them where they either shut you off shut you down or shut themselves out and just feel terrible mm -hmm. so you start by telling them listen telling them what you told us listen i like you you're a great person. You are a good man because of this, 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 and this, and this. I have a concern 
and and I have this concern because I really do dig you. So or like you, whatever you say. Um, I feel like you drink too much. Now, pause. Whether he knows it or not is not the issue. Right. What he needs to know is that you know that it's too much. Here's the problem. What hap- what happens is, is that when you tell someone they do something too much, they will find some way to justify it. And then they will hope you agree with them. Once you agree with them, that now they're okay with doing whatever they were doing. Yep. So you have to let them, you have to, you're in the know that it's too much. You're letting them know that you know that it's too much. Regardless of what their opinion about it is, you know that it's too much. And so they have to respond to what you know and feel with that being too much. And if they can't do that properly, hey, listen, I just think it's too much. And I can't I can't deal with that kind of atmosphere. I can't deal with that kind of environment because that will bog down how that will bog me down because of some things going on in my head. Um, you don't even have to get deep with it. Just let them know. So um, I just want to see if if this is something that you can work out or yeah. that we can work out mm-hmm. um, and see what the response is. If they're unwilling, if they don't want to, if they justify it, you have an answer that you can run with and you then you make decisions from there. Again, beware of um, what you want because what you want can take precedence over your own honesty with yourself. Make sense? Yes. All right. Thank you so much for setting that up, babe. Um, okay, we are at 53 minutes. <laughs> we got seven more minutes. We, we we're we're way out there. There's a question that you pinned. Let's there talk is about a question it. that I pinned. There's um, a whole bunch of questions. I'm so sorry, y'all. Yeah. I, typically, I would be following along um, and trying to capture questions, but this has been really good. So I apologize, you guys. So um, Nancy asks, I'm out of the marriage and afraid to visit a friend who only wants to relax and watch movies. I've been to has I've been to his house. He never tried anything with me. He says he loves my company, but I am afraid he will ask for sex. I'm not ready. Okay. Go ahead. Um <laughs> Hopefully Nancy, if you've learned anything from us this evening, I will say that I think Honesty really is the best policy. Couple things that I would ask for you to do before even venturing over to this, uh, over to his house to chill and watch movies. I feel like inviting you over his house to chill and watch movies and you've been to his house before, it sounds like that's another form of a date. I don't know. If you're interested in this person, you call him a friend, but if you're interested in them romantically, you can set your standard by saying, hey, listen, I appreciate the invite, but I'm kind of in a place where I want to date. I want somebody to take me out. I want to have a good time. I like to go to arcades. I like to do whatever it is. I don't care what it is you like to do as long as it's not at your house chilling and watching movies. But I think being open about the fact that that is not where you're ready to go is important. But then being honest with yourself about what are you ready for? Do you know what they're interested in you for? Are they interested in you as a girlfriend? Are they trying to get to know you um, to date you? or Are they trying to get to sleep with you? You need to know these things up front and you need to be honest about what it is that you're looking for first with yourself. And then with them up front, because inviting someone over to your house is no small thing. I don't care how long we've been dating or how much of a friend inviting me over to chill and watch movies with you. There has to be a reason why you're afraid that he's going to want sex. So 
honesty right now is your best policy and trying to figure out what it is that you want, what they want, but then being strong enough and confident enough to put out there what it is that you need right now. Absolutely. So here's the thing. We already know that you know that he's attracted to you and he likes your company. Um, I would challenge you to do this tonight. Write down on a piece of paper. Takara said, know what you're wait what know what you're ready for. Write down on a piece of paper what you are ready for and what you are not ready for. I would say if you are fresh out of this marriage mm. within the last year, that you wouldn't be ready because you don't want to set yourself up even to entertain a relationship that could lead to what you're not ready for. All and, and, and he's probably not a good, he's probably not a bad guy, but he has an intention to get to know you mm-hmm. and you're not ready to be known. And that is very serious. Um, it's not just intimacy, because if you're not ready to be known intimately, that means you're not really ready to let someone in, which means you're not really ready to date because you're not looking for another husband. Yeah. See, dating is not just having somebody's presence. Dating is just not filling a hole. Dating is not something to do. It can be if that's what you want it to be. But nine times out of 10, someone is looking for something. What are you looking for when you're dating? Write that down as well. So what am I ready for? What am I not ready for? What am I looking for? What will I be looking for? If, if, when dating if i'm not looking for a husband then i'm not ready for um Mm. sex intimacy or or entertaining a relationship that is going to lead to a place that can that that can capture me yes um because what happens is you'll feel captured here's what's going on in your mind is that you don't want to let him down you are so attentive to how he feels Mm. with your rejection and you don't want to reject him so you're saying, I would try to even go over there if I just knew for a fact he wouldn't try to sleep with me. Yeah. He wouldn't put his hand on me. He yeah. wouldn't try to kiss me. He wouldn't try to be intimate with me in any way. See, here's the thing. Sex is only, physical sex is only the manifestation of a mental emotional deal. If the mental emotional deal is not there, then you don't need to be there. Right. You see what I'm saying? Right. And again, what are you looking for? You're probably not ready to date. But if there's more to it than that, we won't ask you to uh, expose yourself right here. But if there's more to it than that, go ahead and hit us in the um, in the messenger and we'll we'll discuss more with you. Does that make sense, babe? It makes. Did you see any other questions? Um, I did. um, And I'm not sure if she's still here. And of course, my silly self. Um, she said, just joining, and I wanted to know, how do you do the self-work, my traumas and issues, while going through a separation? I am also dealing with the new role of mom outside of my original family dy- dynamic. I'm struggling with the myriad of changes in my life, and I feel overwhelmed. Um, you want to start there? Okay, so there's a lot going on there. Let me see. There, it, Did you... Uh... Did I you didn't pin it? Pin it. Um, for some reason, I can't pin it over here. Oh no, that's fine. That's fine. So, how do you? Let me see that real quick. Yep. Sorry. 
Sorry, I'm going to borrow her phone. See, we can do that because we trust each other. See, Right. Just joining in, I wanted to know, how do you do the self-work, my traumas and issues, while going through a separation? Well, number one, I don't know what that separation is leading to. If it's leading to a divorce and you're just at, you're just at a stopping point until it becomes affordable or until the paperwork goes, um, or if it's leading back to the marriage, one of the main ways you could do that, you could deal with yourself, is in counseling. Um, if there's help, if there's definitely, if there's traumas, big traumas or little traumas, if there's something going on in your life that has broken you, that has changed you, that has affected you in some way that makes you, that gives you the inability to have healthy relationships, then you definitely need counseling. If you're going to get, if you're going back into this marriage, I would seek counseling first and then seek dual counseling. If you're going away from this marriage, I would seek counseling first but also I will begin to protect and, and create borders mm -hmm. so that the person who I'm separated from is not knocking down my door, utilizing their influence to hurt me. Does right. that make sense? Yes, yes, yes. Um, while going through a separation. Okay. I'm also dealing with the new role of mom outside of their original family dynamic. Now, I'm not necessarily sure what that means. Are you a mother because of this relationship, um, like a stepmom or whatnot? And so or now maybe you're a dealing with a single mom, like she's, you know, being dealing with being a single mom outside of not having outside of not having. There. OK, OK. You definitely need help. Now, here's what the second thing I would recommend is having a close friend or confidant that you can pull in with of the same sex. You do not need someone of the opposite sex because a close friend of the opposite sex presents an opportunity for intimacy. And that's not what you need. And I'm not just talking about physical intimacy. I'm talking about mental, emotional intimacy where you can get connected, even if they're not. You can connect yourself to them because they're there for you. Right. So go ahead and, and pull in with family members or friends, cousins, someone who can help support you as that new mom and they can help support your role as you go through this separation being a new mom. Does that make sense? It does. It um, does. And I am struggling with the myriad of changes in my life and I feel overwhelmed. I totally understand. <laughs> that is a lot of change. What's basically happening is, is that you've been with someone and now you're separated. Marriage is a cataclysmic change when you come together as one because you're supposed to become one flesh. Becoming one flesh means I lose a piece of me and I gain a piece of you. Mm -hmm. If you begin that process of losing pieces of you and gaining pieces of them and now you're being torn apart, guess what? You've lost pieces of them where you used to be. And so now there's a hole there. So now you're dealing with the emotional baggage of that. Now you got another you got now you have a child and now you have to be careful with how to deal with that child because you don't want to fit that child into that hole. Yeah. But that child keeps you extremely busy. And now I don't know how to deal with that emotional thing there. So that's why you need so much support. And, and then there's the traumas, how I've been hurt, how I've been broken, how people have dealt with me. Those things that people have done with you, they're defining you and you're believing it and you're believing other people's behavior. So now you got to detach from that. You see, you understand mm -hmm. there's a lot mm -hmm. going on here, but here's the good news. You can make it. All you have to do is slow down, breathe and take one thing at a time. Yeah. One thing at a time. I shared something with someone earlier this week or last week and then Takara shared it in IG. It was a serenity prayer. Uh, and, yeah. and that's a real prayer. It, it, we remember it. Um, uh, they use it in AA and so on, so on and so forth. But the idea is very important. Lord, get, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. 
There are people you can't change who's going to talk about you. There are people who, who you can't change who's going to continue to do what they can do to make things hard for you. There are people who won't change and that you can't change for the better for you. Accept it. Yeah. But give me the courage to things, change the thing I can. You could change your address. You could change how you deal with things. You could change the borders that you put around your home and around your mind and around your emotions. You can change you. And as much as you change you, the more you change you, the more you actually push away those toxic people who are outside of you. Does that make sense? It does. And she did respond and say it's actually childhood traumas that have yeah. defected her, affected her decision making. And so that, yeah. I believe counselors call that big T trauma traumas yeah um for the most part if it's something that's affected you from your childhood right mm -hmm. big t um, that's him uh big t traumas in, in terms of um those sort of things and so definitely counseling here's one thing that i will absolutely say really does work um the soul ties detox book it is not a substitute for counseling and Kenyon and i are not a substitute for counseling what we found though is that we have had people get to soul ties detox book go through the soul ties detox course what they uncover and what they discover through that process and what they begin to work through through these processes helps them be able to better explain these traumas to a counselor when they go there our job and what we try to help you do is is to face it, look at it, not look away from it, not bury it anymore, but open it up in a way that says, ah, that's what that was. Okay, that's why that happened. I get it. That's why I keep going back there. That's what the book is there to help you do. And it's there to help you move from there on into forgiveness. But if it's something that it is repeating in your past and it's repeating in your life and you can't get away from the hurt, the shame, the guilt, the trauma of it all, having that and being able to first have that therapeutic resource and then taking it to a counselor and says, okay, listen, this is what I've uncovered and this is what this is. It absolutely helps you there as well. And so um, I think beginning next week, it, it message us, message us, and we'll tell you for sure, we'll have the book available. The Soul Ties Detox course will be available to you for you to at least go through it, but do not discount the wonderful, powerful work of what counseling can do for you if that's there as well. I think even just scheduling one session with a counselor or with a therapist um, at least begin to help you un unload and unleash some of the feelings that you're feeling. Sometimes we just need to let it go and cry. Sometimes we need to let it go and say, okay, thank you for making me feel like I'm not crazy one session start there and then keep, start moving from there absolutely and just so we can make it clear what she's talking about is a therapeutic counselor a licensed therapist um there are different levels you have your coaches and counselors just regular like uh, lay counselors like lay, lay counselors lay coaches or whatever the case may be then above that you would have a licensed therapist and what we're saying is, is dealing with traumas you're going to want to have a licensed therapist in your life does that mm -hmm, make sense mm -hmm. we want to make sure that you get that and you get clarity on that because i don't want you to end up somewhere sitting on somebody's um couch and they're not able to do the right work with you yes does that make sense oh, okay man. thank you for listening to the soul ties podcast recorded live on facebook and distributed to itunes and soundcloud now if you're on itunes we can't grow without you so help spread the love 
rate us, leave a review, and share your favorite episodes. And don't forget to subscribe to the Soul Ties Podcast so you won't miss any future topics or your questions being answered. Do you have questions that you want us to answer? Just visit relationshipgoals.tv. That's relationshipgoals, all one word, dot TV. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Soul Ties Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the program.